All right, Justin, I need you to sing me the song that reminds you the most of a Vietnam veteran with PTSD that is just weirdly in a weird PTSD uh, racist movie. What the hell? <laughs> a song that reminds me of that? Yeah. <laughs> Good God, what would that song be? Uh, I don't know. I don't really know any other way, like a theme to break down out of Rambo, The Last Blood. <laughs> I don't, that's the only theme of that movie I know of. Oh my God, I, you and have I, floored me with that. I have no freaking clue. And I'm only saying he has PTSD, not because this movie posits it. It's just because that was actually the theme of the first one. Like, you know, the good Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the theme of him, you know, overcoming the adjustments of coming back to America post Vietnam. And somehow, some way, this movie is the end of that legacy. Man. <laughs> Damn, you ain't never lied. <laughs> Why? Like, at least with Rambo, the last Rocky Balboa was a Rocky Balboa wasn't terrible he should have died at the end of it but that's whatever but at least when they spun it off and kept it going with creed at least the themes and the emotion from the first rocky movie is alive and well in those movies yeah even creed 2 which is is weaker than the first creed still has it still has heart and it still has emotion and still sticks true to the overall themes of the Rocky movies. Rambo, on the other hand, it, well, I mean, it really started in Rambo 3, because Rambo 3 is whenever he's like, oh, no, I'm just a homicidal maniac. <laughs> and it just never got any better. And in this one, it got racist, and it's weird. <laughs> oh, let's start the episode. Yeah. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I know on the last episode I said this would be a bonus episode, but me and Justin decided to make it a main episode, so have fun and go on a ride with us, guys. Because we were talking about Rambo, Last Blood, if you could not tell by the, us very specifically saying that uh, earlier. Um, we're going to talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with that. Expect some sections to be short, at least from my side. That's all I'm going to say. Damn. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'll say it straight off the bat. I didn't fucking like this movie at all. <laughs> it had some moments. It has some moments that are very good. Um. At least with what you expect from a Rambo movie. Um. Yeah. No. For the most part, fuck this movie. It sucks so bad. Wow. And uh, with that being said, guys, uh, we are done. Have a good night. No. <laughs> no, uh, you got uh, nothing to add to that you're like yep that sums it up yeah that's pretty yep. much it so uh we're gonna end it here the shortest uh cinema slayers podcast ever no um honestly um it's crazy because i didn't like this movie either but i do feel like there's still a lot of things that we can unpack like why is there such a disparity between critics and fans that's definitely something to talk about with this film. I mean, it's an astounding like discrepancy. It's an astounding like, Is like, it? like when you look at it, 27% tomato meter from critics, 82% audience score. That, that Both of those scores are too high. That might be one of the biggest margins I've ever seen. Like that is a huge margin of difference. So 
there's definitely something to talk about here. Both of those numbers are too high. Both of them. Because especially the fan score, that that actually blows my mind. I hadn't looked into that at all because I just assumed after I watched it that everyone else in the world felt the same way I did about it because we all saw the same movie. And I don't see how anybody goes into that wanting a Rambo movie and you get maybe 10 minutes of Rambo doing classic Rambo shit. Yep. Exactly. So for the other hour and 20 minutes, what the fuck were they watching? Because apparently they got entertained by that. I, on the other hand, at one point contemplated shoving Rambo's knife in my eyeballs. <laughs> this was this was this was the action movie equivalent of Midsummer. <laughs> I mean, shit was happening on the screen, but nothing was actually happening. I mean, all right, we'll we'll, we'll get into it more. Uh, was there anything you liked, Justin? Like, what did you like? I'm sure you liked at least one or two things. What did you like in this movie? Well, the funny thing is, is you pretty much said it <laughs> um, uh, during that short rant, which probably the, the movie probably deserves a longer rant from you, or maybe that's coming. This is kind of like the commercial break. It, it's my little, coming. okay. But, um... But no, actually, you 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 practically said it. The last action-packed Rambo kills everybody moments of the film is probably the shining part of the film. You you know, uh, uh, and and really that isn't saying much because I've got kind of some complaints about that too. But honestly, that was when the film felt kind of like what you remember from Rambo as far as him using weapons as far as him killing everybody and different things like that and there was um some explosions and there were kind of some neat kills and traps and it was almost like this home alone but Rambo style type of deal and everything like that um and there are some things I didn't like about it but honestly that was probably the most interesting most entertaining part of the movie was right there at the end everything else is just so uh, oh oh my gosh and no there was one other part that i found entertaining but it was kind of laughably entertaining and that was at the end at the end credits whenever it's showing all of the older clips from the older rambo movie <laughs> and i don't know and i don't know if you have the same thought that i did but all i could think in those moments when it showed him when it showed uh, the old rambo films part one and part two and then it then it skated over into three and it showed a little bit of john rambo and then finally some clips from this this last blood film but all I could think is when it was showing clips from the first Rambo and he was doing all this awesome shit and hiding in mud and cutting people with close quarter combat and all that stuff. And all I could think watching those scenes was, man, how we are such a long way from that. Back then, it was ambitious. It was entertaining. It was something kind of groundbreaking. And it was amazing. And this was so far from that shit. So all I could do was sit there and shake my head and go, man, this is nothing like what it used to be. This is nothing. It, this meant nothing like what, like the legacy that that first movie set. And that's all I could think walking out of the movie theater. And I was almost sad they put that there. 
like I liked it. I get why the significance of it being there, kind of showing the legacy of Rambo. But all it did was just was, but really it just served as another strong reminder, a strong finisher, like a like a wrestler hitting his finish in the in a match or something and getting that pinfall, like. It just was the final stark reminder of why I didn't like this film. No, I, I I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, like a lot of people don't realize, I want to say in the first Rambo, he actually only kills like three people because um, it's very much a story about him reintegrating into society. And there was like, what the corrupt cops that were like coming after him and shit. Like that's really at heart what it was. It wasn't about just like senseless, like him just killing a bunch of people. And I know that's what Rambo became. And that's, that's fine that it became that I actually enjoyed the fourth Rambo, which I believe is just called Rambo. Um, I actually enjoyed that one. The second one's okay. I, I I'm okay with the second one. The third one's bonkers. The third one is just fuck. Um, but I, I really, I did really enjoy the fourth one because that kind of, to me, at that point was the perfect mixture of the violence that was set up in two and three, but also the emotional turmoil that was set up in the first one. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of rode that balancing act a little bit through the movie. And I thought they did that very well. And then they're like, you know, advertising this movie and they're like, you know, ghosts of Rambo's past, like, or he's got to confront his past. Like when the fuck did he confront his past in this movie? Never. 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 And it was weird because when when the movie is starting off and it's going through, he has kind of like these flashes where he's remember like he kind of has these flashes and you think, okay, this is going to be something that he's going to deal with the entire movie or this is going to come around and kind of add to this character growth in this movie. And it just fucking doesn't like i mean it just doesn't like it's just a few clips of some voiceover stuff and oh oh he's having these kind of and it goes absolutely nowhere i even failed to understand why they even did that i don't know what purpose it served it didn't add anything to this character like (laughs) at all so i don't even understand the reason for those clips yeah, at one point I thought maybe in like the last sequence or maybe the final battle with the boss bad guy that maybe he was going to have some flashbacks in the middle of the fight or yeah. something that was going to slow him down or something like that. At least that would have made sense with how they set that up. And then it's like whenever he was peaceful and not doing typical Rambo shit, he was having flashbacks. And then as soon as he starts killing motherfuckers, he's like, flashbacks gone. I found yeah. the cure. Blood and mayhem. <laughs> I mean, with all the flaws of that that final action sequence and everything like that, which, like Justin said, it's not like perfect in any stretch of the imagination, but at least they were just like convenience flaws for me. Like, the head of the cartel magically is the one that never stepped on a mine or never set off a booby trap and just happened to be the one that ended up in the bar. Yes. <laughs> that somehow didn't get lit on fire by essentially the gasoline bath that he set at the front of this rickety ass barn that somehow just magically went the fuck out but at least they were just convenience flaws you know because you 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 want that confrontation with the main bad guy in rainbow at the end so you know they made it convenient and things like that but i mean it's like they took every bit of imagination that they ever had and put it in those scenes and just said oh fuck we have to write 120 minutes to put before this shit yeah it it totally felt like that and like you said like even 
at the end of that, like, and you're right, the 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 main bad guy just conveniently surviving everything. Yes, that was kind of funny, but but yeah, like you said, I totally got that though. You do like have to have that final confrontation, and man, like the final confrontation when he kills that guy. I mean, if Rambo was ever a guest character in Mortal Kombat, that wouldn't that be like a perfect fatality? Like all of a sudden, all these arrows. Oh, that's be. what that seemed like to me. Like that would be. He needs to be like a guest fighter. He should be a guest fighter in Mortal Kombat. Like, you know, he should be. Because that oh, would have been should. a perfect fatality. The arrows hit you in the arm and pin you up against the wall. Then the arrows hit you in the leg. And then he comes up, fucking guts you open, and just fucking pulls your heart out and throws it on the fucking floor. Like, that was a perfect, like, fatality moment. So all of that was cool. It would, But like you said, just the convenience of everything, the, the henchman falling for every single fucking trap. Like, the funny thing about it is, is that, and I guess this is kind of my complaint. It, it was cool. It was fine. I was entertained by it. But after sitting through something like John Wick, or after sitting through something creative where they do imaginative fight scenes like the Marvel movies or something like that. After sitting through those films and watching something like this, it's just, it, it feels like it is just 20 or 30 years behind everything that you see now. Like John Wick, man, all of those little nuances in the fights, like throwing knives at each other and not all the knives sticking into the person perfectly different things like that how come in this film like the traps would work like like the guys would fall through the trap door and fall into a spike pit so they're dead then he would come up behind them and just pump them full of bullet holes and shit like that well what would have been cool maybe is what if one of the soldiers falls into the pit but the other one doesn't like oh shit like he jumps back like oh shit I almost fell into the pit too, but then Rambo is there. Bow, fills him up with bullets. You know, it would have been nice to kind of see some of those little nuances or something blows up. You have a couple of guys dive out of the way like, oh shit, I'm safe. But then Rambo clips them. You know, it would have been cool like to see some more thinking outside of the box, even with those scenes. Like rather than every trap just working like it's some home alone type shit. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I get what you're saying. But I guess at that point in that movie, I was so desperate for anything that I ate it all up. And I mean, maybe that's the genius <laughs> of this movie is that it gives you just so much nothingness that by the time something happens, you're like, you, you're like strap in fucking finally. Maybe so. You know? And then it ends after like 10 minutes and then you go, oh, that's it. Son of a bitch. It's like going to a, like a steak restaurant that's supposed to be the best steak restaurant in the world. And they go, hey, we've got this steak special. It's the greatest thing ever. And you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get that. And they're like, it's a long wait for it though. You got to wait like an hour, but you'll get it and it'll be the best thing you ever have. And you're like, fuck yeah. And then you get it 
and it's like a two ounce little thing of steak and it is it's the most delicious two ounces of steak you've ever had but then at the end you're just like Son yeah of a bitch, i'm not even full damn it like yeah and like and they could have literally just given you the shittiest steak ever but just because you're so desperate for any steak at that moment and you keep hearing it's the best steak and you're just like uh like it's that's what this movie was is this movie was just all kinds of lead up to something that was it was it was fine and then it just ends and you're just like well fuck like i never thought an hour and a half movie would make me feel like i wasted two and a half hours and that's exactly what this movie did <laughs> and it was just oh god and like one of the other big things about it and i've alluded to it uh, a couple of times this movie to me in a weird way completes the racist trilogy of like birth of a nation songs of the south and rambo last blood because it is just weirdly absurdly racist like this is the movie equivalent of i'm not racist because i have mexican friends yeah it, I mean, my goodness, you, you are so right about that. I mean, there wasn't one male, Hispanic, or Mexican person that was good in this movie. Not one. I mean, not a single fucking one. There was two. This movie has two Mexican people in it that are not villains. And it has at least 75 to 100 Mexican people in it. <laughs> and two of them aren't villains. Like, it's the main girl that dies and his his housekeeper which on top of that is also weirdly racist with how they play it and but that's it it's just those two people then every other person that is not white or john rambo in this movie is utterly stereotypically evil like bad like no moral gray area nothing 100 percent shitty evil you know like, they couldn't even play her friend who sells her out as having any morality whatsoever. Like, that she was in a shitty situation or something. You know, they couldn't do anything. Nope, she was just a shitty person. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm like, how the fuck was this even her friend? Like, you know, and they didn't bother to develop any of that, so... And I guess they didn't care because they knew all these people were just going to either die or not be in the movie later for, for Rambo to kill everybody. So, but yeah, like how would a person like that, that just, how could a person who just doesn't care about you so much possibly be your friend? Why were they even friends? I just failed to understand how she could just feel absolutely nothing for her and put her in that situation she's captured and gonna basically be forced into prostitution and drugs and everything like that and that girl her her alleged friend just didn't care about her at all and how does a person like that even become a friend how did you get tricked that much like well it was it was is what they posited in the movie that they were friends when the one girl lived in america but ever ever since she went like she was kind of a bad apple then but they were just like oh she's no good especially now that she's in mexico yeah like it really felt like the theme was oh no she's in mexico now she's bad so she's gonna turn evil and i'm like and, and yeah, you can't oh go ahead well i was just gonna say like they didn't even try to make it subtle they were just, they were just like up front like dude she's in mexico now you know she's shitty I'm like, come the fuck on, Rambo. Yeah. And even like you of all people should realize that there's more like moral grayness to the world because that's the whole point of your franchise. Yeah. 
and you just completely went away from that and even like and then they have the daughter say things like well people can change and oh how do you know that and stuff like that and then they would just go nope a shitty person never changes or a bad person is just a bad person and a shitty person is just a shitty person and they were right like they were right everybody over there is shitty everybody over there I mean like right when she got there it was just it just seemed like it was nothing but criminals and bad people and then her father was just like uh I don't give a I don't give a damn about you like it just seemed like they were just painted as these terrible people and even like the 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 journalist whose sister died and got there whatever like that didn't it kind of feel like because I mean she was she was also Mexican but it took me a minute because she's so like bleached like she's so like white it was almost like they were like let's find the lightest skinned <laughs> Mexican we could and she'll be a good guy you know like she'll be on the side of good like it seemed like she was just like you know and I hate to be that way but it stood out to me like I thought it was a white woman also but no but then she started talking and I went okay so she's Hispanic too and I know I have Hispanic friends and people who are Mexicans and they say that they get mistaken for white people all the time so it's not like that doesn't exist but it almost seemed like it was on purpose to me and it may not have been but it felt on purpose with like you said just the racist nature of the film it made me feel like it was on purpose and and it's hard to argue that it's not on purpose just because in how long in in the history of hollywood and in media in general has it always been put the lighter skinned person forward because that'll make white people more comfortable. I mean, they do that all the time with like uh, black models. They'll lighten their skin. Yeah. Before they put them on the cover. Uh huh. You know, that's that's why I don't feel like you're out of line with any of that because that's very much something that happens all the time. And with how, like you said, how so much of this movie feels like it was it's thirty years old. That that was very much the shit they did in the eighties. That's very much the shit they did. You know. Yeah. And they didn't even want supermodels to get tanned because then they might seem too ethnic, you know? They wanted those pasty white-ass models because, yep, got to sure the pearly white skin. It it it, it, had, it felt like that same mentality of, oh, look, she's lighter skinned than all these other Mexicans. She's a good one. Yeah. It feels like that's what the movie was saying. To I us. mean, didn't it? Because, like, it stood out to me, dude. Like, and it made me uncomfortable. I was like, why is she, like, I was like, the only person that's good here is a white person, is another white person? Because I thought she was white. Then she started talking, and I went, oh, she, okay, she's, she's Mexican too. But then I started going, why? And then I just could not help but think, why is she so bright? Like, why is she so light? Like, and then I then with the way everything was going in the film and just the way they were presenting Mexican people, I was like, was this shit on purpose? Like, and then it just started making me angry. And, and I just couldn't get past that. I just couldn't. Well, and, and, and like I said, the movie gives you no reason to think it's not on purpose. It could 100% be the most innocent of casting jobs ever. 
they literally could have just hired her because she was the best actress for that part. And they were like, man, whenever she auditioned, it felt like she was that person. But the like you said, the way the movie portrays anybody that's not white, it 100% feels like that was completely intentional. And you can't, like, I feel like you can't give them even the benefit of the doubt in it just because of how they portrayed everything else. Yeah, I definitely had, I mean, I, it was just, it was problematic, man. And all I could think about was just the stuff that you hear today. Some of that racist rhetoric. Oh, like when you go over there, they're, they're, they're rapists and murderers and they're the worst people and stuff like that. And this kind of movie just perpetuates that view. And it makes me kind of wonder when I think about that 85% of fans who like this movie, it makes me kind of wonder like, okay, who's liking this movie? Like, who's thinking that this is a great movie? And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a certain type of person who's liking this film. Like, well, yeah. And I mean, I, and I'm not even saying that you, I mean, and I know you're not saying you don't have to be racist to like this film, but if you are racist, you probably do like this film. I mean, it really does fit yeah. the stereotype of. That's a, that's a better. Thanks for fixing that. Thanks for <laughs> fixing that. That's a better way to say it. But that's kind of what I was getting at. But no, you said that perfectly. So thanks like, for that. I don't want to imply that everybody that likes this is racist, but no, you said it perfectly. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, there is not a single portrayal of a Mexican male in this movie that is even just a normal person. They are all just on a spectrum of good good and evil, turned up to an 11 on the evil side. All of them. Yeah. There's just not a single one of them that is just like a normal human being. <laughs> it's like, they're all shitty. <laughs> Man, oh my gosh, you are so the right, man. The only guy like, in this I... movie that's not evil is Rambo. And I'm going to argue he is because apparently he's just a huge racist. So that's still bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, my goodness, man. Like, I mean, you're so right, man. Like, uh, I mean, they, there were none. And if I was a Mexican male watching this movie... I don't see how you could watch that, be a Mexican male and not be angry. Like, because it was just like you said, they weren't even humans, man. They were just all terrible people. Well, the father was terrible. The brothers were terrible. It was just like nobody cared about anybody. They just like you said, they just weren't even humans. Yeah. It, like they were literally like what they showed Nazis in like old war movies where every Nazi was evil. And don't give me, I'm not trying to say Nazis weren't evil. Don't even misconstrue that. But it's, it, it felt like a propaganda film. It was my point with it. Like it felt like they were like, this was a propaganda film to just say, to, to, to like speak to the rhetoric of Mexicans are rapists or murderers. Like, this is the propaganda film for that. Because even, weirdly enough, even to, even the what the white teenager that's hitting on the girl early in the movie, he gave off weird rapey vibes, too. Like, I thought he was going to, like, get a little too fresh with her and, like, Rambo was going to punch him or some shit or throw a knife next to his head or something. I thought that's where that scene was going because that kid was acting very rapey. Yeah, <laughs> he was all up on that. Just the only person that wasn't a rapist was John Rambo. That's it. He's the only male in this movie. 
that exhibits anything other than rapey vibes. Because the rest of them literally are all rapists. Like that's the problem. Is every other male in this movie is a rapist? And I'm gonna I'm gonna lump that teen kid in there because I thought that's where this movie was going to, because that's all the information that character ever had was that he gives off rapey vibes in a tunnel. In a tunnel of all places. Like you can't get any more rapey than in a tunnel. Like that is the <laughs> ultimate rapist venue is in an underground tunnel. But like this movie is just so weirdly awkward when it comes to that. But then on top of it, let's, I want to go into something with the narrative and stuff. So with the narrative of this movie is it's it starts Rambo is now like an adoptive father to this girl who is 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 it his niece? I don't fucking really know. They make it seem like that's his niece, but I, who fucking knows who fucking knows and you know she's like i want to go meet my father and everybody's like no he's evil and mexican don't go see him and i'm like that's a weird thing to say but I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm quoting that just because i feel like that's what a line in this movie would be and then she's like all right i won't and then she's like i'm going to this this person's house and then instead goes to mexico to meet her dad and her dad's like no i am evil because i'm mexican just like this movie says I am. And you're just like, that's weird that he would say that. But I still think that that's the line he said because that's what this movie says. And, you know, and then she's like, oh, man, my dad's evil. Just like everybody said. And then she goes to her evil friend who was like, oh, man, your dad's evil. Well, let's go to a club so I can sell you into sex slavery. And she's like, what? And she's like, no big deal. Just some sex. Say, let's go. And then she gets sold into sex slavery. And Rambo's like, ugh, I can't deal with that, which is good on him. Sex slavery is bad. So at least he did that. And then he just goes there and gets his ass beat. And then this one reporter lady goes, yeah, my sister was in the sex slavery too. And I've been investigating him. And Rambo goes, oh, that's bad. And I'm like, what the fuck was the point of that? I didn't need this reporter lady to tell me that sex slavery is bad. I mean... I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure most of humanity is on the, the side of sex slavery is bad. I know there's some people that aren't because we still have it. But, you know, most people, I think, can agree it's bad. But thank God this reporter told us that. <laughs> and then, you know, then I, I honestly, I forget what happens. He might come back to America or he might stay there. I don't know. Then he kills a guy and cuts off his head and drops it on the highway. No, no, I'm sorry. Then he goes and rescues the girl. Oh. He goes and rescues the girl that they've been dosing with heroin nonstop. And then then she dies on the way back. So then he drives back into Mexico, kills the guy, drops his head on the highway, drives back to America. I'm like, dude, he is racking up a lot of miles. I don't know. I saw that truck. I don't think it can really go that many miles, but whatever he does. And then, like you said, it's an extreme home alone when the cartel army comes to take him on. But like, honestly, like I said, I, f I feel like a lot of those elements were kind of told out of order because when you watch it on screen, this movie starts and it has a beginning. It definitely has a beginning. Then everything else that happens really just comes across as shit happens. It doesn't even feel like an act. I will argue this movie doesn't have a second act. It's just some shit happens on screen. And then you get to the final act, which is like 15 minutes because it's a montage of him setting up shit and then him executing the shit at the end. And then the movie ends. Like it, it starts, some shit happens, and then it ends. And I'm like, well, fuck. And I feel like if they had just told some of those middle parts in a better order, maybe it would have actually flowed better. Like, honestly, I feel like they should have moved some of that stuff up to where... Like, I think whenever he first gets there and they beat him up 
and he doesn't rescue the girl, I think it would have been better if he actually was able to get in and rescue the girl and then go back. And, you know, because they had her driver's license or his driver's license or something or whatever, they go there and then you could have the home alone scene kind of in the middle of the movie and have him kill most of the people, but then have them get the girl back and they re-kidnap her. More or less just out of principle of like, well, fuck you, she's ours. And then that's when they have her go on the drug bender and stuff. And then that's when he goes back. Like, have him get, like, beat up and left for dead at the end of the Home Alone stuff. And then have him get kind of rescued by the the housemaid or whatever. And then she saves him. And then the movie ends with him going back and trying to rescue her. and she, But she dies. And then he just goes and straight up murders the two heads like he did with the one lead guy. And I would say end it like that. And then have him go back and sit on his front porch and, you know, rocking chair through the montage of other Rambo films. I feel like if they had told it in that order, it probably actually would have worked better as a narrative. I do like some of what you said. And maybe even that death scene with her might have been, like like you said, more effective towards the end. What if he saves her in the end, kind of like what you were saying, and then the truck ride to get home where he has her and she's fading and he has that conversation with her and says, I loved you and you changed my life and I always loved you and she shed that tear and she died. That would have been a pretty impactful ending. Like he did all of that he he he's got her out of there he saved her but it was just too late and she dies yeah yeah that would have been fine too you pro- yeah you could have ended it with that death but you you know you could have ended it there you could have ended it with that death maybe even later on you know and maybe somehow that friend the 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 friend turncoat friend or whatever you could you could have even she could have even been part of something that helped rambo infiltrate that place or she could have maybe redeemed herself or something i mean fuck maybe you could have had one of these bad mexican people redeem themselves and she could have sacrificed herself for something he could have got in there or you know she could have done something to help them like you know you could have wrote this a little bit better where it could where certain parts like you said if you just switch some things around you you could have done some more impactful things but like you said the way it was and the structure that it was is so stuck in a time period that we have just moved on from that this kind of story just can't work anymore you take this race of foreigners and you demonize them and they're just demons and they're evil people. And then you have your white sentimental hero who does all of this shit and kills them and beats them or whatever in the end overcomes an army of these evil foreigners. And that just doesn't work in this day and time. It just, it can't, it can't work. That's just unacceptable for this time period. Yeah. It's, it just it feels so out of place but then at the same time i'll argue it's very fitting with some of the temperament in our culture now though you know yeah like but i like i said it fits the wrong message with that because like i said it, it to me it's a propaganda film glorifying that type of thing you know it it really does have the same beats and stereotypes and characterizations of a propaganda film like honestly you could have changed this to black and white put it in france and made all the mexicans nazis 
And it would have felt the same way of like the whole like, oh, America needs to stop the Nazis. You know, it it it, it would have played out with the same beats and everything. <laughs> like the message would have been the same, you know. Yeah. And that's what was so weird about this movie. I mean, this movie is weird choices all around. Like, I'm going to argue what should have been the most interesting kill scene in this movie is done off camera. When he kills the first brother and you see him more or less just like going into the house and then it fades to black. And then the next scene is like, you see the other brother coming in and they're like, oh, they got him. And you like, see his head off. And then you see Rambo driving down the road and dropping his head on the freeway. Why the fuck did we not get to see that? Yeah. And why wait? And then like, and then to think about how he must have done that. So he would have had to have cut the head off, sat it in the, in the passenger seat, <laughs> drove, drove out of the 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 inner city or where he was until he got to the highway and then dump it on the highway and that's just interesting too like why didn't that need to did it need to be it was a cool transition scene like you see where's the you're thinking where's the head and then he's dropping it out there so i get what they were going for but when you think about the logistics of that it's quite silly but like you said it would have been <laughs> cool to see it though you know what i mean to see yeah, because, the head, to see the decapitation, and see him put the body there, or did he sit him down? Did he make him sit on the bed, and did he say some shit to him, and then go, "This is what you, you know, this is for her." Boom, and cut him a few times, and then just cut the head off with one nice swipe. It would have been nice to see that, like, because I I would have bet that part of that scene would have been him cutting the X into that guy's cheek, just like they had done to him and the girl. You know, I bet that was a part of that scene. You know, the Rambo would have been like, I'm going to mark you like you marked her and then cut the guy's cheek. And then like the guy would get that false sense of bravado afterwards and be like, oh, like Ram Rambo could have stood up and he's like, says something like, I'm going to get you like I got her. And he and then Rambo just turns around and is like, who said I was done yet? And then cut off his head. But then I think it would have been better to leave the head there with the X cut on the cheek. So then that guy would know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shit like that. But like I said, and it's not like this movie was like adverse to violence. I mean, fuck, we saw like 30 people get slaughtered, just slaughtered. Like, like you said earlier, we saw a guy get hit with four arrows, pinning him against a wall. Then a knife plunged into his chest, ripped down to his stomach. And then the man's heart pulled out of him while he's still alive. And they're going to imply that maybe that scene was too violent. Like, <laughs> let's get fucking real here, people. Like, this movie didn't show that because they didn't actually know what to do. They didn't know how to actually film any of that shit. So they just went, eh, cut off his head and then, nah, we'll drop it down the highway. That's cool. Yeah, that's kind of a cool thing. But then, like, literally a second later, after you hear that splat of the head hit the highway, all you're thinking is, wait, why didn't we see that? Because you yep. don't know you missed it until that scene. And then you're like, wait, wait, why did we, we, we missed that? Where's the rest of that? And then like, I'm pretty sure you see Rambo get out of the car when he gets back to his, his ranch in Arizona afterwards. I mean, the guy should have blood all over him. And I don't think he did. I mean, he should at least have a couple of blood droplets on his jeans from whenever he reached over to the passenger seat to like pull the head over his lap it was still gushy with blood it made a it made a nice little wet splat sound on the highway of that blood hitting the 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 pavement and you know and i know that's a weird nitpicky thing but it's just one of those things where it's like so much of that decision made no sense to me 
in a Rambo movie. I could understand maybe in a Clint Eastwood movie they weren't showing that because, you know, some of that stuff's meant to be implied. But no, this is a violent movie. Yeah. This movie is just 120 minutes of shit, not nothing, or not 120, 80 minutes. It's, I I might have been an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know what I've been saying this movie. It's the movie itself is only an hour and a half. So it's 80 minutes of nothing happening and then just nonstop carnage until he sits down in a rocking chair. And it is, and it is carnage of a very high degree. They do not leave much to the imagination once the carnage starts. And yet somehow during that, they wanted to get artistic and imply the violence, you know, so you can make up the slaughter in your head. Come on. That's not what Rambo is about. Nobody's going to a Rambo movie to get subtlety in their kill scenes. <laughs> you know, True. especially especially like you said, when you're getting rid of the nuance that has become action movies nowadays, when you look at something like John Wick or Atomic Blonde or something like that, you know, where you've got these very nuanced and intricate and, and, vis- and visceral and visually spectacular fight scenes, you know, that, that have subtlety and nuance and all this shit. You you know you're not getting that shit with Rambo. So then why try to have some of it in the middle of this movie? For what fucking reason? Like, yeah. what did that really add to the movie? You know, especially if it is just a, a weird callback to the 1980s, which, you know, with all the Rambo movies and stuff like that. Like, why not ham it up? Fucking go for the gold. Yeah. You've already shown that your movie has the most weird fucked up morals that you could possibly have in a movie in 2019. Just live it up then. I mean, all right, so so let's go into another part of this movie. Uh, how do you feel about the acting performances in this movie? Well, um, if anything, nothing necessarily stood out to me i i i wouldn't say that you know that there was a person with a stellar performance and some of that might be because the storytelling was just so mundane that maybe it was hard to kind of invest in anybody else but you know i thought sylvester stallone did fine i thought that he was fine uh in his scenes and everything like that um, I do think that the 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 niece um forget who plays her um I want to say but the but the the actress that played his little niece I think Yvette Monroe her name was Gabriella right I hope I'm getting that right yes I believe that I her. don't remember anybody's fucking names in this movie other than Rambo <laughs> no yeah. one else does but anyway the the niece we'll just say the niece um. She, I mean, like I said, the 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 acting scene that I liked the best was the scene where she was dying, and he had just saved her, and they're on the way back to uh b- back across the border, and he's talking to her, and he's talking about how you know, stay with me, stay with me, and she's fading from life, and you know, she's overdosed, and she's fading from life, and he's talking to her. And trying to tell her why she needs to, you know, stay alive and how important she was to him and stuff like that. To me, as far as acting is concerned, that was probably the best scene of the movie. Like, like as far as just acting, because she was really on point with how she was fading from life and ODN and stuff like that. Um, and I thought that Stallone was good in that part. But like I said, everything surrounding that part just didn't really help. Like it was so hard to invest in her 
as a character because it just seemed like she I had no real connection to her like um, like Rambo did and they had a couple of scenes in there where they were spending time together but it, it wasn't enough to, to, to give me a sense of that relationship and then the whole time I'm just thinking and then the whole time that's happening there were just so many narrative things like you just feel like okay if Stallone would have went okay she wants to go see her father she's about to go to college okay how about this i will take you to go see your father he could have waited out in the car she went and saw him and then the father went fuck you and then she could have cried came back to the car and he said see you know i didn't want to be right but we had to do this you're old enough now but now you can go to college and focus on your studies and then th- they could have drove <laughs> back to back uh, to to america like i don't know i just feel like there were so many simple solutions and like even after he rescued her and was like okay i got to get you back across the border like i'm sitting there going well i mean I, I, I mean, could could he have went by the hospital? Like, I didn't get the the sense that this was like 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 these people that were selling these women into prostitution and stuff. I didn't get the sense that they were like this all powerful something or another, or part of a cartel, or had political pool or anything like that. They just seemed like the worst, the dumbest, just worst people. And they just seem like people who were kind of operated in the shadows and, oh, we don't care and we'll use these women or whatever. And obviously they were rich, but I didn't get the sense that they were powerful or had all this pull or were in with the police or in at the hospitals. So I don't know. A part of me is like, well, I mean, could he have went to a hospital? Could he have gotten her some kind of emergency care before taking her off? I mean, maybe if that if she had been able to get some care right away maybe she wouldn't have died so there's a part of me while this even while that scene was going on and i thought it was a well-acted scene there was just a part of me going man it just seems like if these characters had just made simple decisions like it just seemed like there was option b and c that we just didn't use because not because it wasn't available or the story did a good enough job making those options unavailable it was just because the movie said we had to make these decisions so it just still didn't feel genuine even though i did enjoy the acting of that scene if that makes sense i think outside of the insane racism of this movie that the underutilization of that girl in this movie is the biggest fuck up of this movie because when that girl needed to she shined yeah like like you said her death scene um I also really liked the scene whenever she's arguing with Rainbow and uh, that lady at the house about going to see her father. That was a good scene, I too. Thought, it was. I thought she did a very good job with that, you know. And and I liked I liked what you said. Like, I mean, I know it would have meant there would, wouldn't have been a movie, but the whole, like, Rainbow just taking her down there and goes, you know what? If you're going to do this, I'm going to be with you. And then she would have gone down there, gone, he's a fuckhead. And then made it safely back to America. And that definitely wouldn't have fit the narrative this movie wanted to push. So, you know, they didn't go that route. I mean, I think there would have been some interesting ways you could have done that. You know, like the dad could have been a member of that gang. And then like his boss could have been like, oh, who's that? And he's like, my daughter. And he's like, oh, 
And he's like, I don't give a fuck about her. And then the boss is like, oh, well, let's go steal her then. Or something. You still could have spun something out of that. Um, And it would have made more sense than a lot of the shit in this movie. But, I mean, she did really good. And then it was just a bunch of nothingness. I mean, I'm going to give kudos to a lot of people in this movie. Because, I mean, for the most part, if you were a Mexican actor in this movie... um, you had to play something that obviously you're not because like I said earlier, they weren't people. So every one of those actors was going above and beyond and playing something that they're not, (laughs) you know, with just as much conviction as this propaganda film wanted them to have. I mean, I'll give them all that credit. They all did a great job of that. Um, I feel bad that that's what they had to do, but I mean, fuck it. They were professionals and they did exactly what they were asked because I'm just, I'm going out on a limb. I could be 100% wrong, but going out on a limb and I mean, they're not all terrible, evil people. At most, uh, at most one of them probably is probably a bad person, you know, might be a bad tipper at a restaurant or something, you know, or maybe he leaves like one of the guys might leave the toilet seat up at home or something. I, you know, that's probably the most bad any of those people actually are. And the way they came across in this movie is not that. So I'll give them all credit for that. Uh, <laughs> cause it really is just astounding. <laughs> yeah. It's uncomfortable, man. I was uncomfortable with that. Like, and I was just hoping there would might be a character that redeemed themselves or maybe, you know, there might be one of them that's just not so shitty and it just didn't happen. They were just right. All shitty people. You should have never went down there. I mean, she goes down there. She's not there. This, I mean, his niece isn't there five minutes and she's dead. She's sold into prostitution. <laughs> she's sold into prostitute. It's a prostitution and then dies. Hell, she wasn't there two minutes. When she got out of the car, there was guys looking at her going, oh, looking, looking, looking at her with rapey eyes. I mean, she wasn't there two minutes. That does remind me. There was actually one uh, Mexican male in this movie that was not evil. The doctor. I forgot about him. And I don't know what just made me think of him. The doctor that patches him up while he's sitting on the, the couch. Oh, shit. Yeah. The doctor. Forgot about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, forgot. Totally. I mean, granted, he's only on the screen for like 27 seconds, but (laughs) we can't forget about him. He was not an evil person. So that is one correction thus far. So if you were already mad at us for going, no, there was the doctor. He wasn't evil. We remembered. It just took us an hour to remember it. I mean, you can't blame us. He, He was barely on that screen. But like, even going back to something you talked about earlier with this, it's like whenever they're having that argument, and everybody's like people can't change people can't change and then you go you know she goes and meets her father and he's just even shittier than she even imagined and all this other stuff it felt like they were weirdly saying all that to then just justify rambo being a murderer at the end like even rambo who for all intents and purposes at that point in the movie had changed they're like oh ultimately he went back to his old ways and stuff like that just you know to further the adage of you know people can't change but i'm like that's a weird way to try to justify that aspect of the movie because if none of that had happened he wouldn't have become a murderer again and i feel like the movie very clearly portrayed that yeah that's a good point no i totally agree and then somehow you know because these you know 
cavalcade of events happened it was just a weird way to be like see rambo's the same person i'm like that was some very oddly specific shit that had to happen to prove rambo's still a murderer i mean i just i don't know this movie oh it's a fucking chore it really is it's the longest 90 minute movie i've ever watched in my life by far i mean i might have to check the runtime of grandma's boy oh god but i feel like they're around the same ballpark and oh i'm not gonna lie i'd rather watch grandma's boy than ever watch this movie again at least grandma's boy plays on stereotypes of like gamers and stoners in a way that is meant to make them lovable you know what i mean like it's it's the way to make them underdogs to where you root for them and then this movie plays on stereotypes to to make you want to despise people you know it's just ugh. i think if i ever see and it puts me in this weird predicament because i very much am a completist when it comes to if i own a movie like that's a part of a franchise i typically end up owning the whole franchise like it's unfortunate but i own all the transformers movies all of them well all the michael bay ones i've never i haven't watched the last two since i bought them i didn't even watch them when i bought them (laughs) i bought them solely because i had the other ones so i had to complete the series and i own all the rambo movies i very much am going to be at odds about whether or not i buy this movie because i really don't want this movie to make any more money off me than it already has because of what the movie says like it puts me in a very weird predicament like do i just get over my weird hang up of having a complete collection that's going to be very hard to do very hard but i just might have to because i don't know if i can morally justify to myself giving the people that wrote and directed this movie any fucking more money because i feel like then i'm just adding to the cog of the machine of something that i do truly find morally reprehensible which is the narrative of this fucking movie like i know earlier i mentioned birth of a nation and in songs of the south which if anybody doesn't know what those movies i'll give you a synopsis because i don't necessarily want you to have to google these and this be in your search history uh birth of the nation is a weird racist documentary well i say documentary that's in quotes and it's more or less a propaganda glory film about the kkk and then songs of the south is a disney movie that has been locked in the vault ever since it came out because it's just weirdly insanely racist you know it's more or less a movie made i want to say in the 1930s or 40s it's more or less just talking about the good old days of slavery um weird fact that's also the the movie where zippity doodah comes from mm-hmm. make that song feel very dirty mm-hmm dude zippity doodah used to be a childhood classic for me and then i found out what movie it's from and i found out about you know and the details of said movie and you're just like oh i feel bad i felt the same way dude like, the I same d- way when i discovered that. i didn't know i was a child disney tricked me like why does nobody bring that shit up when they want to talk about how disney's evil why don't they talk about how they systematically tricked a bunch of kids from the 80s and 90s into singing a song from one of the most racist movies ever made without their knowledge like that's the real evil shit disney's done not having an ice monster put on a crown at the end of the movie and everybody gets up in arms because it glorifies transgendered people at the end of frozen i wish i was making that up that was actually something that a uh, conservative group had an issue with with frozen wow yeah that wasn't my imagination that was somebody else's it's actually all that shit is the reason why i actually ended up watching frozen because they were talking about how it pushed the gay and uh, transgendered 
agenda. I had never, I hadn't seen Frozen. I'm an adult. I, you know, I didn't have kids. I hadn't seen it. And I was like, all right, I have to see this movie now because I have to see how gay and transgender this movie is going to make me because apparently that's what it does if you watch it. And then I watched it and then I was the same person at the end of it. And I was like, oh, those people lied to me. <laughs> and, I, and I thought it was actually a fantastic movie. I'm actually kind of glad I read that article that just made me curious enough to go, what the fuck are they talking about? I have to see this. And then I went and watched it and I was like, oh, that's a fantastic movie. I really liked Frozen. And that's one of the good things about not having kids. I have only seen Frozen when I want to see it. Not. <laughs> Therefore, I've never gotten tired of it. Man, it's funny that you say that because um, a girlfriend that I was dating um, a few years back, she had a daughter and her daughter absolutely loved Frozen like and would sing the songs and wanted to watch it all the time and it was funny i just you you saying that just triggered a memory and i remember her saying i've seen that movie a, a hundreds of times and before i ever saw the movie another good friend of mine he had a daughter and one time she was singing that let it go song like she was singing it and it was coming from her room i visit was visiting him but I could hear it coming from her room. And like, I remember going, what song is that? Cause I didn't, I didn't recognize it from anything. And I was like, Oh, I guess that must be one of those new ones I haven't heard about. And then when I saw the movie, I recognized the song and I went, Oh, okay. But, but no, I totally agree. It is a very good movie. And I stand by this to this day. I think that queen Elsa is one of the most powerful ice users in anything ever. She can create castles. She can create inanimate objects that have life and and monsters and shit like that. Like she would dust a lot of fucking people in comic books and shit. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I think people just kind of underestimate it because of the Disney shit. But her power levels in that are astronomical, especially going from never using them and trying to push them away and accidentally causing some shit going from that to i can build an ice capsule naturally yes like holy fuck yes i'm super stoked about frozen 2 me too like i'm stoked and about like that. While, I'm, and while, while singing a song like i mean she made all that shit while just dancing and singing a song that was just another day for her and then there's almost like this hulk shit with her powers like depending on how she is it alters the weather and shit and like the climate i mean dude she's ridiculous and i'm like how come nobody is talking about how awesome she is like she's ridiculous <laughs> Because it's a Disney movie and it, and it's a female character. If you essentially made Iceman the ability to do that, Iceman would be like so many people's favorite mutant. Exactly. Which is funny because a lot of people don't realize, and we're going to go super nerd on this real quick. Iceman is an Omega level mutant. And a lot of people don't realize this. The problem is, is Bobby Drake is scared of his powers. Hmm. So he never goes like to his full capabilities. I admit. But what he can do, this motherfucker can freeze the moisture in the air. That's where his ice comes from. He could make anybody freeze from the inside out. Not like I'm going to freeze the outside of you like they do in comic books all the time. And then ultimately somebody breaks out of it. No, no, no. He could turn the 70% water your body is in ice. Oh, man. You would instantly die. That's awesome. 
I didn't even think about that. He could that. do that if he, he wants could do to. That. Yeah, of course he could. Because it's the inherent nature of his power. He freezes moisture in the air. If That's where his ice comes from. That's not his power is to freeze the moisture in the air. But his power is, you know, he can freeze things. And where his ice comes from is just the natural moisture in the air is his ability to, like, you know, make things icy and to shoot ice beams and, you know, all this other stuff. He could just do that to your body. And he could end everything all the time. <laughs> There's nobody that could live up to that. You would have to essentially be a high-level telepath or somebody with reality-bending powers to stop him. Magneto couldn't stand a chance against him if he went full Iceman. Magneto would be like, I'm the master of dead. <laughs> I I don't even think Wolverine could necessarily survive that because essentially Iceman... Well, he might be able to survive what the damage does to him. Iceman could just essentially keep him frozen like that, though. His body can't heal from being frozen. Yeah, he would just sit there. It would have to thaw yeah. out. Would, yeah. Yeah. He would. In a perpetual state of frozen death. <laughs> Damn. I didn't even realize that, that he was that awesome. And that, and that makes me think because when, when I first, like, discovered Elsa and everything, I was like, can Sub-Zero beat her? No. And I was like, can Iceman beat her? And I was like, I don't think so. But now that you say that, it's because he's not working up to his full potential. So he could beat her. But he's, but does he have the mod? But it, like you said, he just doesn't have the mental capacity to do it right now because that's just not the way they made the character but he does have the potential. Yeah, he's just scared yeah, he's to. scared to. He, he's just scared yeah, to. But he does have the potential. You know? Okay, I see. Yeah, but then, but see, and where I think, where I think Elsa could beat him is the fact that she could just create an army of ice monsters and walk away. Exactly. Just an <laughs> army of... She wouldn't have to have the moral weight of him dying because that's one of his things is like the moral weight of him possibly killing somebody you know what i mean she could create some ice monsters and walk away and not care if he died or not yeah like she could just walk away she could just go on living and just think oh he got beat up and ran away knowing full and well he might have died but she could just morally justified it because she walked away <laughs> she you know just live in denial i mean she's a god dude she can make she can create life like that that, that like it is like my brain just exploded thinking about it for the first time. I was like, she can create life. Like she can create living things that have feelings and emotions and stuff. Like that is God-like powers with ice. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what makes it so interesting. And like I said, since I've only watched it maybe, you know, a dozen times, I'm completely fine with it. <laughs> I hear Let It Go, and I'm like, that song's still a fucking bop. Oh, yeah. And that's because I've only listened to that song whenever I want to. Oh, and I own it. I actually own the MP3 of the song from iTunes. I actually even own the Demi Lovato version that played during the credits. Nice. You know, and I'm not going to lie, every once in a while, I throw it on because I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, that song goes hard. I don't care what you say. Anybody out there says that song goes hard. Right? Like, you know. Apparently, like Moana, uh, Moana's gotten some backlash for the same reason and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think Moana's still fantastic because I watch it whenever I want to. 
Nobody has ever made me watch Moana against my will. <laughs> I've probably made some people watch Moana against their will, but nobody's ever made me do that. I'm not going to lie. I might watch Moana tonight. Fuck it. I'm going to watch Frozen tonight. Yeah, I might do that tomorrow or something. I got some extra time tomorrow. I might have to, th- might have to be spent with some Frozen. But yeah, I'm totally excited about the second movie. Like, and that preview, whatever she was doing, like, like the preview is cool when she's like all going up against like a hurricane and waves and the shit's a storm and she's trying to get up in there and do something like it was a very neat uh teaser and i was like damn what is she trying to do or what is she doing and like you you know i I was just intrigued so yeah i'm totally excited for the 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 second movie have you seen the second trailer i i know i have but i'm trying to remember it or did i see a clip and not the whole thing she makes she makes like water ice horses oh no maybe i haven't seen that what i don't remember because one of the things is like the in the water with like those waves apparently at one point there's like water horses in it because this has to do with like a magical realm that's like right outside their kingdom okay you know and shit like that that's part of the like the story with this is my understanding of it at least but then in the trailer it shows her fucking make those horses into ice horses and i'm like fuck yes like i mean why isn't there a game where i can play as her and use all these ice powers and make shit dude and... think about an old school disney side scroller oh Elsa. my god dude That'd why be shit. isn't there a game where i can do all this elsa shit Dude, she should have been in Kingdom she, Hearts. Well, hell, the game would be over. <laughs> <laughs> Taking down yeah. the Heartless. She's like, like you know, like what's his name? Sora's like, oh, no, we got to take down these. And she goes, I got, got it. it. Hell, Frozen. the object, of the, game, the object of the game would have to be, we need to get to Elsa so she can just handle this shit. <laughs> That's what the game would be. <laughs> we just have to tell Elsa what's going on so yeah. she can just end this real yeah, quick. Yeah, she's for secluded. Us. We just have to get to her. So the game is just about getting to her so that she can fix this shit. <laughs> that would have to be the game. Cause I mean Or it should have been it should have been like a fun little side quest in the in the game at least, in this newest one, where she could have just been a hidden character in a realm. And if you find her, Isora would be like, Oh no, we let's tell her what's going on. And she goes Oh, okay. And then the game ends right there because she freezes everybody so you can accidentally beat the game at any point if you just find yes, her. Yes, that would be cool. Like a, one of those... Like, like the, that last warp... Re- like like a warp whistle yeah, from Mario yeah. 3 where you could just go to the last one. That type of thing. You find her, you just yep. beat the game. And you just get one of those. It's just one of those... It's just a cut scene of her yes, freezing everybody. like I was about to say. It's just going to be one of those like alternate endings where she just where she just fucks everything up and freezes it and the game is over like that would be a cool like alternate ending (laughs) that'd be great and it's like and the heartless never came around again you just ended all of the kingdom hearts franchise and then they do like uh and then at the end during the credits it's like a let it go song but it's all the kingdom heart characters and everybody's like in a version of this let it go song and it's all of them and her singing that that's what you would get that would just be one ending but you know if you oh dude think about how cool it would be you like Sora tells her what's up and then she just like lets her hair down like she does in the middle let it go and she's like I got this man she's badass because that's one of my favorite things in that when she lets her hair down when she goes all full on sassy I was like yeah Yeah, she's badass dude that's 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 a bad one that's a bad one right there. But anyway, we have so gotten. A, I just thought it was a very so cool way from, of doing a visual change. 
<laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, make your point. Oh, my bad. No, I, I was just saying that like that was a cool visual way of representing her like accepting her powers of like letting her hair down. I just thought that was a cool way to visually personify that through her. No, that was that was a great way to do that. And, and like even the story is good, man. Just how she had these powers and she always was trying to like hide them and you know and wear the gloves and she was so secluded and then everything with the family and everything like that and her sister it was just very good uh, you're gonna have to put rambo <laughs> last blood slash frozen <laughs> on this podcast but that's fine. we are so far <laughs> away from rambo right now but i'm kind of glad this happened this made the Rambo movie worth it because now we're having a conversation about something awesome. So you know what? I don't even care. <laughs> well, because yeah, we go from one movie that's just morally deplorable with the way it portrays things to a movie that's arguably morally fantastic because it teaches kids to be who they are. Exactly. That's a good thing. Yeah. That, you know, that you can be who you are. And then the other movie's like, if you're not white, we're going to murder you. <laughs> So yeah, pretty much. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad we ended with frozen too, Be, or not ended. We still got to fucking give our scores and recommendations for Rambo, but I'm glad that we at least went there and had some positivity in this fucking podcast. Can we just give this a let it go and not give scores, not glorify it with a score? <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm kidding. I guess I'm down with that. I don't give a fuck. Fuck this movie. I already said it's the action movie equivalent of Midsummer. So if you really want to know my score for this movie, just go listen to Midsummer and just replicate that for Rambo and you've pretty much got it. Okay, my score, let it fucking go in the podcast. All right, thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Hit us, uh, go to www.cinemaslayers.com. I really like slurred all my W's together on that one. Um, if you go there and you look in the top right hand corner in the navigation bar and you see this little button that says merch, go to that. We have new merch now with the new and approved logo on it. So check that out. Uh, check us out on Facebook, which is Cinema Slayers Podcast. We are Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I do have another podcast coming out, which is called uh, Beards for Fears. It is. I might fuck up this because I'm not the one that came up with this and I'm doing this solely off the top of my head. It's Two bearded and bespectacled baritone buddies giving a semi-skeptical look into the paranormal. I think I messed that up. I might not have. I might have nailed it. Tim, let me know if I fucked that up. It is me and comedian Tim Blazekovich, and we are giving each other reports on paranormal subjects while the other one just kind of makes fun of it while we do it. So check that out. It will be coming to iTunes and all of your major podcasting platforms also. And other than that, guys, remember, Rambo is a... Last Blood's a racist as fuck movie. And that's not just according to Justin. That's according to the movie.